This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. I'm dark today. What? What's going on? You're not. You look yeah, pale. You gotta turn your detective light on. Oh, you look yeah, pale. That's... Detective Berkey um, on the case. That's there. the problem. Let's yep. let's get him on the case. Ah, there he uh, is. There he is. There right. he is. Yeah. Now, now we're in the streets. It's not under... even pointed at you. It's just pointed it's not, at the ground. It's pointed at the figurative me. Yeah. Okay. Shining a light on that Steeler hat. That's right. It's That's the right. you that has been. Clemente Bridge in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. You understand. You're I right in front it. of it. Are we going to talk about this? Or are we going to finally acknowledge that Heinz Field is no longer Heinz Field? Oh, it's just, I, I saw like a video of him like taking down the giant ketchup bottle. Like, what, brought a little tear to my eye. What happened? They're just demolishing the city? They're not demolishing the city. They just, uh, the rights got bought out by some random insurance company up in Michigan. Akersher. Akersher. Ain't no goddamn Akersher. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so Give me Hansfield to the day I die. Apparently, <laughs> look, I, I refuse to acknowledge this as anything other than Heinz Field. But apparently, uh, Heinz released a statement saying that they just could not put up a competitive offer. Compared to what AccuSure offered. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's business, yeah. you know? It's like, they just outbid them, and they're like, okay, this doesn't make sense anymore. Also, so. since the Kraft Heinz merger, there's, like, massive overturn uh, in the higher-ups. So the, the person with the most tenure at Heinz was brought in in 2019. These guys don't have no goddamn loyalties to Pittsburgh. None. They no. don't get it. Uh, they don't know what's going on. Robert Kraft up there in New England. Yeah. Calling all the shots. Yeah. Listen, man, give us enough years that it can become Sulphur Y Stadium. <laughs> there we go. How's wow. that sound? Dream big. That would be Dream amazing. Big. Ooh, that is optimistic. Yeah, it's very optimistic. <laughs> Did you what? see Pat's story about dreaming big? No. He talked about how he wanted to become the number one player when he was playing $1 sit and goes. Wow. And that his, his delusion carried him. So maybe we need to be a little delusional. Yeah. Oh, look, we are delusional. Yeah. We still do this every day. Help us. Do we please. start a Patreon with like feet pics of each of us? <laughs> I think I'd rather have people do Park. on Patreon, be right? Be Park. You know, if we're going to take over one of the stadiums in uh, Pittsburgh, let's take over the better one. I, uh, I have <laughs> very attractive feet. Oh, really? That's where we're going with this? Very, Are you just speechless? Do you say so yourself? Very, no, I've been complimented many, many times. By, by who? By women. literally who? They, by women. They tell, I've never told a man I was 16 the first time feet. I had a compliment on my feet. Really? Yeah. So Shocking. maybe we should give this a try. Maybe it, I have very like athletic looking feet. Like, uh, muscular? Well, I would say muscular. But <laughs> you have a nice arch? Is that a thing? Muscular yeah, I have a feet? very pronounced a nice arch. arch. Yeah, mine are yeah. pretty flat. Uh, the, you, you can, you can really see the tendons. Oh, okay. Yeah. D- Interesting. Very nice feet. Yeah. Man, okay. you're, you're almost tempted to show the camera. Your very yeah. bad, big toes. Very bad, big toes. Mm. What does that mean? Well, that ruins on the, the side of my big toe, I've developed about a 30 year callus. Oh. That I haven't taken care of That's on okay. each it's side. It's good for balance. Yeah. It's good for a lot of things. Extra support. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. 
right. I think I would win the feet pick war. Well, no, that's not true. I have nice feet. I think I've been we should... told that by people that say I'm not into feet, but if I were, I would be into your feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they just want, they just like you. Maybe the feet yeah. were just a secondary, um, you know? What, what do you got going on here? You have a whole beverage. You, have a, you, you literally, been... You're literally a bartender. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need options. So you got, I want to try em. this drink. What is it? It's a paradise drink with like pineapple and passion fruit and coconut milk. That's my like dessert drink. Okay, so that's a lot of sugar. Yeah, and then this one is just an oat milk latte. Okay, so still a lot of sugar. No. No sugar. No, no, no sugar I don't have added sugar in it. Okay. Diet Coke. No, no sugar. sugar. Water. Good it's, for you. You gotta wash it all down. I like one of those drinks on that table. Yep. Same. The Paradise drink, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the two on the right, if they want to, it you know, reach sweet. out for sponsorships, you'll you'll turn them a little, turn it around, turn them a little bit. Yeah, and we'll show uh, yeah. The logos. This is why until now, it's been very intentional that they yes, are turned this now. way. So any of these companies <laughs> see this, like, just let me know if you want me to turn this around. <laughs> Generally, we have to wrap this show by two p.m. for uh, Melissa's regular who visit. But yeah. Today, we might have to wrap at like 1.30. <laughs> There's a lot going on I don't on know that here. your bladder can I'm handle. I'm so regular, though. <laughs> it's sure. a dream. Yeah, it's nice, you know? Fiber in the diet just keeps you going. Yeah. Mm. It's more like I just have my stimulants in the morning, and then I'm ready to go. I could use a lot more caffeine. I have a pounding headache. You're my down. left eye is currently twitching. You're down sad right now. I'm not down. I'm just... I just... Uh, you're a little I'm, sad. It's okay. You I'm can nothing. Say it. <laughs> you I'm, could say I'm it. Literally nothing. I just have a headache and <laughs> I did not want to get out of bed. You guys should have heard this man yesterday. So we go to the gym at like 8 a.m., uh, finish the gym. He then looks at me and goes, Machine need fuel. Machine go gym. I'm like, what the, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you called like, yourself machine in the yeah. third He person? called himself <clears throat> machine. It I, wasn't like. A normal speech. He changed his voice for this. Now, now that the World Series is over and all the pain is behind us, uh, the real grind begins and the machine is reactivated every day. Why are you calling yourself the machine? Because no, just machine, not the machine, just machine. Not, I'm, I'm one of many, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there's, there's an entire collection of us, uh, Espen being our leader, mm-hmm. and we, we, the, the on switch has been flipped. There will what? be no more fun had. What does machine do now? Wake up. How many people do you think he is like inspiring to meditate? (laughs) I mean, honestly, it seems like it's a real new age thing. Like Asher was on the rail, just meditating in between hands. Yep. I'm literally trying to look at you. My left eye is going like this right now. (laughs) I can't tell. God, it's so frustrating. Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, it was. It's weird because uh, I think the. The perception was that he was the the centered person at the final table like he was the one who was most intentional with the way he treats his body the yeah. the way he meditates and all this other stuff but then elliot Rowe was on uh attenborough's rail right because uh attenborough's friends with rory who's partners with uh fedor who's partners with elliot so it's just kind of uh i don't know if comedic's the right word but it's ironic at least yeah the uh, the gurus on one side, and then the the embodiment of said gurus right. on the other. Yeah, well, it's like he didn't he did it all himself. Yeah, just you know, grinding out those float tanks. Man, I, I've done it all too. We we were in Thailand. Henry went and did the float tank. 
Have you done one before? <clears throat> I wanted to go, but they only had one spot. I was like, I've done so it rude. Ten times. Minimum. Do you like it? Obviously. I get nothing out of it. No. Wait. You've done it ten times. I just keep like going. It. Why? Because can, everybody tells me that I'm supposed to have this sensory deprivation during, experience. You're, you're probably molding during it. You're like, oh, this stupid water is not warm. Why am I here right now? I could be at the gym. <laughs> well, everybody says that you have this like sensory depri deprivation experience and like that your mind kind of like turns itself off and you go into a meditative state. Eight of the ten times, my my mind just raced the entire time. I had salt all over me. My eyes <laughs> yeah, were see, watering. You were so, yeah, like there were a million different <laughs> reasons why it stunk. And then the other two times, I just fell asleep. Well, you're not like you're not meditating when you go in. That's why I've tried everything. I've listened to like Elliot Rose guided meditations through them. All that happened was uh, like my headphones would get wet. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, like I just never had that experience. I'll do some of, chakra meditations. That might be good. Well, the the big thing is that you're supposed to feel you're supposed to feel uh, a sensory deprivation. I never felt that. Oh, you I feel just, too mm -hmm. many senses. Yeah, I just yeah. felt like I was there's, in darkness. There's a certain amount of salt in the water that you makes become it buoyant. Buoyant, buoyant. Yeah, the yeah. buoyancy. So you, so you just float without having to like try to float. Yeah, but and then, it doesn't feel that way. And the temperature is like supposed to be the like body temperature. 78 degrees or something like that. So you, yeah, so you, or maybe you almost it's feel warmer. like you're floating it's in space. That. Is that kind of what it's supposed it's to be like? what it's supposed to mm -hmm. replicate. I would, I would like to try it. That is I, not what I felt. I thought that machine don't feel anything. That's maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Well, you were clearly feeling mad. Well, it's supposed to be not mad. A, disappointed. A space for you to, you know, I'm like, mad. I'm just disappointed. Get centered. You, it could be a spiritual thing. A spiritual? Th I don't know if I believe in that. In spiritual things. Yeah. 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 I, I would think I of it, it strictly on a physical level, probably. I mean. What about um, cryotherapy? Have you tried that? I have not. Um, I, I'd be super into it. The problem is that it doesn't seem practical to me. So it's like if I can dunk myself in an ice bath every single day yeah. versus going to cryotherapy once a week, twice a week, whatever, like seems like one is greater than the other. cryotherapy is way colder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about the technology as to whether or not, you know, being minus 200 has a bigger impact yeah. than, you know, it's like being minus 200 for, I, I don't know, a minute or whatever duration right. they put you in there for, right? as opposed to uh, the ice bath for a significant period of time. To me, I, again, without knowing the science, it seems difficult to think that uh, it's not a little bit of a parlor trick, just yeah. in the sense that obviously, like it doesn't seem practical that you could be exposed to that temperature, not get any level of like exterior frostbite or, or anything like that, but somehow still absorb the interior anti-inflammatory properties. Right. Just seems like whatever's happening is probably, you know, you have this like layer of protection that's shielding you from it for a period of time. And that's why the ice bath seems so effective because you do get to that point of, uh, not, not hypothermia, but like, you know, you, you're approaching. Mm -hmm. You sit there long enough, like yeah. you will become hypothermic. Yeah. And I'm sure if you sit in a cryo chamber long enough, like you would just die. But that's <laughs> yeah, that's not probably, really the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Um, I I would just imagine die. that the the more conventional way is effective. But maybe not. I don't know. Um, I've done way more research on on hot exposure than cold. Or I guess because like I just I always took cold. I don't like hot exposure. 
like saunas make me feel maybe i'll start trying and like get used to it but i used to go to the russian room Mm. the russian bathhouse yeah and i hear bathhouses are great i got athlete's foot but yeah i mean (laughs) it was in this like moist basement and it was like all like eastern european men and then you go into the russian room and it's like 120 (laughs) degrees or more or something has to be more more it's the hottest room they have yeah and then they have this bucket like this it looks like cinder blocks everywhere it looks really dungeony and then there's like um this water thing and you dump buckets of water on yourself yeah and then they have a guy smacking you with olive branches <laughs> and like yelling things in what, russian what does that accomplish you know it gets it gets the blood flowing just oh, an experience yeah. <laughs> sure, it just adds to it um yeah i, I think i think saunas are amazing yeah I, i'm a fan plus one i'm, plus one I'm here. a big fan of I think that's why I did more research on that because like you actually feel the heat stress when you're going through it. Like you feel that moment of, yeah. if I don't get out of here right now, I'm gonna lose it. I don't like that feeling and I feel sick after. I've, it's funny, I've never felt like any level of lightheadedness or whatever coming out of the sauna until just recently. Last week, Andrew Barber came over to hang out. We, we saunaed together. <laughs> Why is, why is Landon losing it? What's, what's the problem? On. <laughs> so Barbara comes over and uh, well, usually I drink pre-workout before I work out and I usually sauna afterwards. So I've already been caffeinated. But this was like first thing in the morning. He just came over and we decided to hop in the sauna. So I take my pre-workout in there with me. I'm not thinking anything of it. And there's this unspoken challenge taking place between the two of us of... Neither of us want to exit the sauna first. <laughs> so it's going on like 40 minutes. And I was just like, all right, man, I got to get out. And I get out. And I've done 40 minutes plenty of, plenty of times. Completely yeah. fine. But I've never done 40 minutes ingesting 200 milligrams of caffeine. Right. And I get out. We're talking. And I walk over to the sink. And I was just like, oh. Uh, Did you throw up? I, I just turned white. Oh I God. go, I, I need a minute. And I'm like hunched over the sink. And I was like. I have to go get in the pool. And I just like ran and jumped to the pool and it instantly relieved me. Like it yeah. just went away immediately. But I was somewhere between like nauseous and passing out. Yeah, that's how I feel after I do saunas. It's good. It's you good. should feel that I mean, way. I like cold, like I like the cold dunks and like shocking pain. I don't like feeling oh, like dunks I'm are nothing. So gonna so you got to do like three minutes. That's I'll try. Pain. I will that, try. That's, that's, so there, yeah, there, Cold water is similar in the sense that, like, you immediately want to escape. Yeah. Um, but when you push through that, basically, like, if you can get through a minute, you can get through yeah, 10. Like, breathe through the pain. Yeah. But the difference is, is that, like, when you're in a sauna and, like, you desperately want to get out, it's because you feel like you're cooking from the inside out. When you're in cold water and you desperately want to get out, it's because you're hyperventilating. So, like, finding that way of controlling your breath. And I, I think that that's, like, the reason why I like cold therapy like in a different kind of way is because it's it's about calming your mind yeah that's why i like it yeah but uh heat stress isn't about that at all no it's, it's about like, distracting your it's mind like you're you're gonna feel like you're gonna pass out and throw up yeah so enjoy yeah it's enjoyable <laughs> for a period of time when you, when you start to get to like the the 40 plus minute it's mark it's really good for you maybe i'll try keeps you young you don't need to it worry keeps, about it it keeps you young I'll be yeah. parted until are I'm you like looking at me? 40, My probably. telomeres are extended, baby. 
Guapo's telomeres are extended. Guapo yeah, has right. like mile long telomeres. <laughs> he looks uh he looks not a day he over thirty. He literally looks like he's like under thirty five. Yeah. It's yes, so I'm, weird. I'm no, I don't believe him. It's super I weird. Believe, I don't believe you. I, I get it all the time. I understand. I understand. What? You're sixty. Yeah. So Max sixty. So he looks like this. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I I'm actually sixty, but I look like I'm. Oh, you look great for sixty. Huh? You look great for sixty. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead, Landon. Why don't you take your victory lap for the day, since you can't seem to hold it in any longer? I can hold it in. Oh, I don't know. I can hold it in. You seem to be cheesing ear to ear over there. I'm pretty happy about it, yeah. What, what, what's <laughs> got you, you so... Tell us, Landon. I did not, no. But I did cash from side bets versus you, uh, the New Jersey man that's just gone. All of us. The New Jersey man too. is just gone. Oh, we had him on two, didn't yeah. Oh, didn't we? Everybody we did, yeah. wanted to bet me yeah. on me picking my friends. Yeah, we Conrad we all, over we there. This one's not on the tab, Machi. This is to me, straight now. I lost. He lost. I laid off on that one. I know. I, yeah. I got, the, I, tortoise, the tortoise, he knew. I knew. You knew. I knew. I'm I like, knew. No, you picked all these people. I didn't know who any of them were. <laughs> so I was just like, they got to be good. <laughs> I'm out. Corey Aldemir, the main event champion one. for two? <laughs> I knew that one. What a, what a pick. He had the most points in all of fantasy. Yeah. yeah. So crazy for two. Two bucks. I mean, my top I didn't know ones. he played mixed games. Yeah, yeah. get fucked. Exactly. Fuck. I didn't either. <laughs> Oh, yeah, get I didn't fucked. know. I didn't well, know that like, the main event champ was going to play high stakes poker. Also, different because now there's more high rollers. It's so clear that picking these high rollers yeah. for single so, digit dollars. Right, I picked Sean Winter for one dollar, yeah. and he got like two hundred points. Yeah. Great pick, great Sean pick. Winter for one, Sleeper for one got like a hundred. Yeah. I got Adam Hendricks for three. He was like one ninety five. Ben right. Diebold for one, one seventy one. All the best, and then I got Dan Zach, the the player of the year, mm -hmm. on my team too. Oh. oh. But I only pick my friends. It could have been yeah. anyone, man. It could have been Stephen Chidwick. Yeah, it could I had, have been. I had you know who it couldn't have been? It couldn't have been Mercier because he was busy raising his family. Mercier got, Mercier got me the most points of anyone on my team. <laughs> <laughs> that should tell you something. He got second or third? Huh? In like he, he got, got third in a PLO. PLO. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Mercier was by far the biggest steal of a pick. I spent $60 on Chidwick. He got me like two points. I think I was the second highest scorer on our team. If that doesn't tell you... Oh, you know what? I'm going to go to 25K Fantasy right now just to see your team and see who got you points. This I can, is. I can tell you who got me points. Well, I'll tell you right now who didn't get you points. Uh, the people David I spent the Baker, most on. David Bakes Baker was the person that got you the most points. Hmm. Chidwick got you 96 points. Okay, he came through in the end then. Chidwick got you 96 points. Uh, your team is actually like rather consistent, but consistently at below average. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mercier 62, Ariangel 59, Brandon Jack Harris 50 or 49, Dylan Lindy 42. You bonus player got 39. You did get more points than me. Mm -hmm. You did get more points that, than that, me. That that final table. That seventh place. Uh, mm -hmm. yep. Paul Volpe 34, Ian O'Hara 28. You know. So like your team is good, but if good is like bottom 20 percentile, that's your no team. way worse. Yeah. In, the, in the actual fantasy league, I was sixth from the bottom. Um, hold on. How many? Do we know how many total entries there were? Four hundred and some, I think. Did I end up getting second out of the group? I think uh, with the so Seidel score. Maybe. Your rank was four. Oh, 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 oh! No, 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 no! It's much worse than that. Uh, there was four hundred and thirty-three total entries. Matt's team was 427th place. Wow. <laughs> not a lot of room for worse. Not wow. a lot of room for worse. Not at all, Brian. Not at all. Yep. So now let's go to Brian's team. We'll go to like seven. All right. 290th place 
out of 433. So like a little yeah, bit below yeah, average. Wasn't but great, but respectable. You don't have to get to the punishment that we'll get to for last place Ooh. after we talk about all the teams. Mm -hmm. 12 points behind. Let's look at uh, let's look at oh Phil Ivy. That was a great pick. Phil Ivy. Phil yeah. Ivy for 33. Yeah. Scott Seaver 187. Mm -hmm. wow. Chino Ream 168. Very solid. David Baker 108. Shannon Shore pretty good. Uh, Bonomo kind of let you down a little yeah, bit with 14. Did. Matt Berkey's your bonus player. You know. 40 points, not, bad not too bad. Not yeah. bad for a bonus player. And Eric Seidel came through at the end with 66. Man, yeah. he was struggling the yeah, whole way I through, know. and then he saved his summer. With not those. too yes. bad, Brian. Respectable, a respectable effort for the Thank you. Thank not you. Respectable effort. For someone who knows about 10% of the poker community. Conrad Simpson ranked 306 <laughs> out of 433. Not respectable, not a loser. Dario Sammartino for 16 for 239 points. That's a good one. Yeah. Adam Hendricks for three. Very nice. Benny Glazer, a good pick. David Williams. Mm, Benny got uh, fucked this David year, Williams, like. a very good bonus player for 99. Wow. Very nice. Roland Israel Ashvili for two. <laughs> Brandon Shaq Harris, Joe McKeon, and Dylan Lindy. Yo, very solid. You forgot team. about my boy R. Lang. Who? R. Ryan Lang, Lang is in there. 16 for 96. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Now let's go to uh, our fourth place finisher of the, the bunch. The ass eaters. The ass eaters. <laughs> uh, but we need the. Uh, I, I need to see the graphic for my phone. Fantasy is being slow. Um, can you read your team for me? Yes. Sean Winter, I, I see at the top. Sean Winter, $1, 186 points. Wow, now that's the steal. I mean, budget 0.52% of my budget and 25% of my score. <laughs> Jeremy Osmus, $67, a little expensive. A little score, expensive. 135. Justin Saliba, $1, score, 125. Steven Chidwick, dollars ninety-six. Seidel, fourteen dollars sixty-six. McKeon, four dollars forty-nine. BSH, nineteen dollars forty-nine. Pads, thirty-one dollars twenty-five. And Adamo did not do anything. No, Adamo was busy uh, living life. He like life. bricked a high roller, and then just like left to go somewhere else. Yeah. Can we can we be clear that your team also stinks? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think you're can... in any place to touch. I mean, I'm sure their breath stinks, stinks after uh... after what they've been eating. <laughs> yeah, they got, they got 392nd place, but they didn't get 427th that's place. That's all that matters. Well, I don't have to wear a bald cap on the podcast. That's yeah. a real shame. And that's a win. Mm. That's yeah. a real shame. That you know, you know who loses in all of this? The Our audience. No, no, don't. No, they, they win. win. They win. Hold on. They win. You have to put on makeup. I'm pretty sure the only loser that here is I'm you. I'm great. I don't care. He has to wear drag we'll makeup. We'll see. And it's going to be amazing. So uh, let's yep. go to uh, Team Darkside representing for Christian as he was not, he's not here. He got 308th place. Okay. Phil Ivey, great pick. Brian Hastings, good pick. Chino Ream, 168. Chris Brewer, 110. Uh, MJ, 85. Scott Ball, 66. Uh, Paul Volpe, uh, 34. Robert Mizraki for 32. And Michael Adamo with... A zero. So now we can go to the best team of the group. <laughs> my team, the Rocket Men. Oh my God. <laughs> so when we look at the Rocket 110th place, you know, so like not great, right? I mean, a little above average, but I didn't cash in the fantasy team. I didn't cash uh, for any real money, but I did cash for 1K for Melissa, Conrad, Matt, and Christian. So it's actually $4,000 for Team Rocket Man. I was the only one that didn't bet against you. Yeah. Right? So we got Corey Aldemir, the I'm main so event champ of last year for $2. 358 points. 
Dan Zach, pretty expensive. 351 points, two bracelets. Adam Hendricks for three. Ben Diebold for one. Wow. We really got it all. Nick, 93. <laughs> I was the one that let my... I was the so. worst performing player wow. on my team. We really got it all. I was the worst we're, performer we're on my sorry, team. Guys. I got to do better next year. Man, 31 yeah. points, that's kind of lacking. 31 points, no bracelet, <laughs> negative $10,000 to Bill Perkins. So we'll work on that. But it's only negative 6,000 because I get 1,000 <laughs> from each of you. Amazing. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I just see, I just see him with so, this stare. We're so happy for you here. I love that. I, I love this for me. At the Only Friends podcast, we're, we're all ecstatic for your victory over all what, of us. Congratulations, Landon. Yeah, congratulations. Landon. What was the, what was the exact bet? Uh, the bet was just eight to one, uh, 10K to win 80, that I won a live no limit bracelet. No, 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 no. I don't care about that. Each. I'm talking about oh, these just people. points, just straight up points. That they would do better than you? Yeah, it was just 1v1s, one. like heads up for okay. points. Like yeah. whoever had the most points wins. And obviously you did best. And obviously you know who had the most points, Brian. You did. Who had the most points? Yeah. Oh my you God. Did. I did. Is this over yet? Someone used the Listen, listen. I've taken over. so many L's in the recent past that like a win feels so nice. Mm -hmm. I just need this little win. I would say act like you've been there before, but no, I haven't. Really you know? haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't been there before. This is true. This, this is what a good group of friends does. You know, we celebrate each other's small victories. Yeah. And this is a very, 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 <laughs> very minor one. <laughs> it's probably one of the most minor wins I've ever had. But like, you know what? It means so much more because it's versus you people mm. <laughs> versus you it's versus you it's versus you well at you least... talk so much shit man yeah, you said you yeah. only draft your friends you're not gonna win yeah you wanted to bet more my real my real mistake wasn't cross booking our own action in uh in wsop events that would have gone that to would this have been guy. good yeah you got a seventh and yep. guess what we had a swap so i also win again <laughs> i love it did you even play that event? Yeah. Are you sure? We might have to double check. Oh, I'm sure. Let's, let's look back. I played, I, receipts. Honestly, I should go back and see how many events I've played because I played a fucking lot this summer. I'm pretty I sure played, I played over 60. I played 20. You don't have all your info yet? Uh, I do. It's just not... I didn't tally it all like some people do when it comes to like buy-ins, caches. I just have it in a spreadsheet, so I just have to count it. I played 20 events. I had 12 re-entries and five caches i believe okay so you're five for 20 basically okay for oh. a net of minus forty thousand. okay it you know, i remember the days i remember the days worse. where if you made a world series final table you were guaranteed to profit for the summer <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> those days, those, are, those days, those days well, are honestly gone. if you played the same buy-in that you final tabled you'd be fine or like if you like got a third or like a podium finish you would have been fine for the summer but unfortunately Seventh place doesn't pay very much. Yeah, seventy thousand is a lot of money, but it is. when you play a twenty-five k twice, that's what I'm getting at. It's so. a little yeah. dent. Don't pay for fifty k's. <laughs> you basically get a buy-in and like half a re-entry for a fifty k. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. It doesn't feel great, but you did great. You know, we were all happy for you. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of showed out. Some software wise support was out there. Brian was on the rail trying to cause a scene. Hammered. Hammered. But I had a good time. You know what? There's always next year. There's always next year. Yeah. I can't wait about to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm for He's what I'm like. He's gonna announce his so retirement and then come back in a week like Brady. 
I'm so glad. How was your summer? You didn't participate. <laughs> Why are you so glad? Because now I can go to the wind and I don't have to like worry about lists and Europeans everywhere and it's just <laughs> back to normal. Mm. I love that it's back to normal. Back to the normal grind. I don't have to think about, you know, oh, I should play this tournament and go punt off money to these this prize pool of 10,000 people what were your summer sell steps? myself the dream that I'll somehow get first out of 10,000. You could do it. You've done it before. I have 10,000? No, uh, just past landing. Online. Whatever. It doesn't matter how many people play. It's, still, it's a three-day event. Three-day event regardless of the numbers. I think I played six events and I cashed two. That's good. Very good. A good summer. It's a light summer. Two for it's six. I mean, it doesn't even count as a summer. I played yeah. more events than her. How'd you do? I, I did pretty good. I profited small for the summer. I, um, I played nine World Series events. I cashed in four of them. That is tortoise um, level ability. Yeah. I think two were online. I cashed in one, one online. Mm -hmm. And then um, I played seven live and cashed in three. So nice. that's where Too we're rich. at. What? You're rich. I'm not rich. You would think with four, You would think <laughs> you, if you cash like forty percent of your or forty five percent of your tournaments, you'd be rich, but it doesn't work that way. His sugar mom is rich. But I, I have more money than I did before the summer. So okay. It's hard to do. Yeah. I'm also in that boat. Um but not due to myself, of course, due to the power of friendship and swaps. Um so I lost like twenty two K over the summer, which is honestly kind of effectively near zero like near nothing for the buy-ins that i played like play 25k heads up um played up 25k some 10ks uh full summer really didn't really leave bally's or paris bally's paris that much um i think i played a win the win uh 3500 they had like a win main that i played but that was kind of about it for off property series things and i lost small i uh, felt like i played pretty good um had about 60 60 total entries and probably like 30 uh, to 35 like unique tournaments when it comes to like just events. Um, lost 22K and I won 29K in swaps. Had some good pieces of people. That's um, some good swapping. Yeah, some good, I swapped to the top, you know. I swapped with pads in the uh, tag team. Uh, swapped with Hendrix in the freeze out. Swapped Wait, with Toby in the freeze the out. Mm -hmm. I played the tag team, yeah. He hired, I had, he hired I had, somebody to I hired someone oh, to do yeah. all my bidding. Uh, and then we have Just a five so you could mutual. get your swaps in. I see you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it was this. Pads didn't play day one either. Espen played all, the, all of day one. We both were on the same page of we need someone to play for us. He got the main event champ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a cash game guy. Yeah, so. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it works some. out that way. Oh, we were going to play it together, but we both couldn't play day one. You had a couple real opportunities to... Yeah, you had some to, deep to runs. final table. I did, a couple, yeah. A couple of different hands. Go, I did. Go I got different. 27th in the 1500 freeze out, which had like 1500 entrance. I got 38th in the 3K six max that they didn't want to call a turbo, but it was a turbo. Hmm. Uh, when I uh, jammed threes into aces, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and Steve got me. He got me with uh, an oversized raise, like the hand before dinner break. Um, he hmm. opens to nine and a half bigs from the hijack. The small blind and big blind probably have around 10 and 11 each. So he's basically just committing the blinds. Uh, I have like 70 bigs on the button with ace-queen off. I jam. Folds back to him. He's not happy about it. He puts the money in. I'm like, okay. Not being happy about it seems pretty good for me. Um, he has jacks. 
and flop comes queen 10 9 deuce mm. jack and uh the jack on the river gives him the 65 big blind pot or so and uh yeah from there lost an ace king versus king queen and a lot of all the sad stories here that whatever but i feel good about it won a bunch of all-ins beforehand and you move on yep got the wpt coming up there's always something new to play man like there's a series now and obviously the series is doesn't the best stop. time it does it if you don't want it to stop it doesn't stop yeah. if you don't take time to like study do your own thing like just stay home or whatever it doesn't stop there's wpts there's stuff in florida there's stuff going on at the bike pretty like soon there's just things everywhere there's online too every day have you, have you considered that it shouldn't stop perhaps you've studied enough young man perhaps it's time to play 250 events in a year yeah. i feel really good about the way that i've uh, approached these series events especially during the end stretch i uh, had a good conversation with a friend realized some things that uh that the old wise man to my left has been trying to tell me for a while <laughs> where uh People sometimes stink. zero ev means you can fold it's a real skill it is yes. a skill, especially because uh, zero EV in theory tends to be negative EV in practice, just based off of, you know, how risk averse players tend to be. Yeah. How few bluffs appear mm. on the river. How few <laughs> good players appear in a field. Mm, that part. <laughs> that part's that part. big. There's mm. a reason why Darren Elias and the like just get out there and rip apart these open field events. Like, they don't mess around with with those fringe hands, man. Yeah. They're not trying to run it on day three versus... I'd love to see what folds they make. Honestly, like, I, I can say with a relative high degree of confidence just because I've played this way for the majority of my career, I would imagine if you were able to get a database of, like, hands played throughout the course of an event that Darren won, uh -huh. you would see, like, some folds that theory would absolutely light you on fire for. Like, yeah. Like, you're giving up, like, Hundreds of dollars of EV by yeah. folding, but it's just so obvious that you're beat. Like, uh, I made one at the final table of the 2500 where I opened oh, yeah. ace nine suited off of 30. Uh, the recreational on the button, like, tanked really hard, like he wanted to jam, but felt like it was just too much, and then called. And it came ace eight six rainbow. I checked because I was just confident that he was strong and he was either going to like have a snap check back and then I have a hand worth two streets. Or he was going to start betting and I was going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. He bets too big. I call. And the turn is like an offsuit jack. I check again. And he just bombs it. And I'm like, okay. I, I literally look him at the face and I go, I think you have exactly eight. Mm -hmm. And I just fold face up. Oh, and yeah, he just like one. shakes his head and mucks. And then when we came back for break, I go, when I bust, will you tell me what you had? He goes, you already called it. I had eight. <laughs> and I was like... Okay, I get it. And the thing is, is like... And that's what makes you great, Matt. No, it's not what makes you great. It's just what makes you observant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that my hand is worth many, many, many dollars in EV. And folding is just like an absolute no-no. But when it's just obvious, like somebody's playing their hand relatively face up and you're beaten, and in this instance, drawing dead, folding is the highest EV option. So I would imagine if you were able to look at a tournament where Darren won you would see a lot of those types of hands yeah. where he just like flops top pair and knows it's not good and finds a way to get away from, you know, a big bet or right. like only pays one bet instead of multiple streets, and whatever. Those add up. And then you would also see a bunch of calls that are like negative EV calls where it's just like, in theory, 
you have terrible bluff catching properties like you have bad blockers your your the strength of your hand isn't high enough in in rank order or whatever the right. case may be like you have better hands to call exactly kind of and he's just like calling with these hands because he's able to pit his opponent directly where they're at in their range right like you could just square somebody up like i was able to do with the ace nine so i square this guy up and it's just like oh you have like top two plus right so like i just always fold here and there will be other scenarios where it's like you have ace high and you're just able to like square the guy up and just be like, no, you exactly missed with five, four here. Right. Like you exactly had the open ender that did not come through and now hold five high. Yeah. Like I'm going to call. Draw, yeah. That, yeah. It's like, I'm just going to call yeah. and they're just going to show you that a lot of the time. And that's, there's, there's just a lot of fucking money to be made. Yeah. But that comes with experience. That comes with time. That comes with trusting yourself too. And that's what they yeah. do. Like that's what like when it comes to like you, Darren, Chance, like people that like you really want to like open field live events you just trust yourself and you make decisions based off of what you feel and like how you think about something versus okay what how much is this worth in theory because versus good yeah. players you'll think more about theory and we've talked about this of like sometimes versus someone good you have to make some zero EV calls mm -hmm. because if you don't make the zero EV calls and they're bluffing you're now getting wrecked but versus people in the other side of it where they're not bluffing enough your zero EV calls become negative EV calls so it's kind of playing that game of can this person bluff enough in this spot and how much is my hand worth in this moment? Yeah, I, I think like, dependent. I think it is very dependent. I think like these open field events, you could basically just like ask yourself like, would this person across from me ever play a 25K? And the second the <laughs> right. answer becomes a no, yeah, Fold. you just like stop caring about theory. Yeah. Because like they don't care about theory. Right. And like if they don't care, then they don't know and they're, 100% of the time going to naturally just be under bluffed. Right. Yeah. It's like, does, do I know who this person is? No. Okay. They don't bluff enough. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's dangerous too, because there's like a lot of young kids out there that are relatively studied. Right. But like, when you're asking the question of like, would this person play a 25K? What you're really asking is like, uh, are they on that trajectory? So mm -hmm. like, if it's a young kid, uh, like I made a final table in Florida, I got second in the 5K and I was against two young roommates. And... I knew that they didn't play 25Ks, but I knew that they could. Mm -hmm. So I was playing a lot more theoretically sound versus them yeah. because it's like they just know things. Like they've looked at things they and they'll try things. And, you know, they're going to pull and reach and find bluffs. But, yeah. you know, if, if you're looking at the same guys across the table from you and they're 10 years older and they're not playing 25Ks, <clears> the answer <throat> just becomes no. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like this guy probably just has good hands when he does certain things. It is hard to find somebody 10 years older than you. No, not, not older than me. Not older than me, older than the kids I was playing against. Uh, no, you, uh, specifically. Yeah, well, that's because they all stink. <laughs> they withered off and died. It's okay, Matt. We you think there you. weren't people in their 30s playing whenever I started? Where are they at now? Man, I can't even think about 30. Good question. They're gone. Where are they now? <laughs> dead, broken, gone. McDonald's? DBG? McDonald's. Should yeah. we do a where are they now segment of... Yeah. Uh, People when Poker's past. people yeah. that Matt played against when yeah. they were when thirty. He, when Berkey was uh, when we were twenty-two to twenty-five, and people were forty. Where we're are they all now? Melissa's game. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> a lot of people that, that you played true. with are in my game. That is partially true. They've uh, they've made their way around the strip, one one off strip casino at a time, until they finally landed at Resorts World. Yes. <laughs> Suncoast to Red Rock to Green Valley Ranch. Now all the way back to Resorts World. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. I got thing. this summer. It's the great oh, migration. Yeah. Conrad, how did you do? I did not do good at all. You didn't do terrible. 
The last 40 buy-ins with the average of um, 1,058 being my buy-in average. Yeah, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best. I guess it's um, not the best. Yeah, I think I played like 74 entries. <laughs> Fucking lot, dude. Maybe that's, maybe that's the issue. Uh, it's oh, sort of fine. like... I was fine. That's no issue, but... Um, if you yeah. played 150, Got maybe rocked. you'd have won. Just didn't I can actually volume. say 100% confidently that if he had played 150 <laughs> tournaments, he would not have won. <laughs> Why? Look at his. Look at him. He just. Well, Conrad, let's do the math. There was six that's, weeks that, of play. That's not how math works. Which is only 42 that's days. That's not how math works, Matt Burkey. No. La 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 I just think it's uh, all right, Matt Burkey. One day you learn how to do math, but that's not how math works today, Matt Burkey. <laughs> okay, sure. Thank you, Matt Burkey. I just think if you're playing three tournaments a day, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to have not a winning three summer. Three tournaments a day, Matt Burkey. <laughs> Four. Some days. Four. Four. Five. <laughs> what was the most amount of tournaments you played in a day? Yeah. I'm not playing any tournaments. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna watch a few <laughs> good men. Didn't answer the question at all. Few good men. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a few good men. I've never seen the movie. Oh, great! And movie. somebody told me that I should watch a few good men. So yep. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> How many tournaments? What's the maximum amount of tournaments you played in a day? I'm gonna go home and watch a few good men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it more than three? I know it was definitely when three. When it was when I played there uh, was a four daily day. tournaments. It was four. Four. Like when I just ran around a day for a day and played like the 250, 600, 400, and then it, the night at. Imagine Orleans, the mental toll it takes on somebody to bust four I live mean, tournaments I in can't one even, day. I can't, I can't even stomach busting one. I'm just like, this yeah, you is bust, the you bust worst one, you're like, oh, thing I've ever man. done. And, and imagine doing do. that three more times. I, I wish I could have taken we this just money came and gone and played cash instead. We just came off a year where we played nothing but online tournaments. So like busting a couple yeah. tournaments and running like around is okay. Maybe some people was in the fall. Yeah, and I hated it. Yeah, but like, Halloween. but I think on, I were conditioned to it online. It's just like you know, you're gonna you're gonna run. You're also gonna play playing a bunch a of tournaments at like, once. Okay, probably gonna bust them all. So you're just but like four live tournaments in like four different venues. <laughs> well, you gotta go. Hey, gotta be in it to win. If it. you play enough, you just might win. You know. It's just a matter of will it break you even by then? Correct. <laughs> That's and the for big most question. tournament players, over the last two years, you're no. <laughs> yeah. That's the hardest no. part about playing MTTs is just showing up every single day and saying, like, I hope I'm picked today. Yeah, I, I don't like that. No, at I all. do. I mean, I we, do, that we do the same thing in cash, though. We just don't acknowledge well, it. Well, yeah, but it's, mm -hmm. it's like, it just feels like a little bit you have more of a fighting chance. You lose less. You know? Your red line is more apparent in cash games. Yeah. Uh, it seems less accessible in MTTs. Correct. So it's like anytime that... You have to have it more in MTTs. Yeah, anytime the strategy more. is like, well, when you're all ins, it's like, right. okay, so I have to be better at blue lining than everybody else. Correct. That's hard. That's really hard. Yeah. It goes both just ways. Like, wanna, like you, you have to show up and have it a lot. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. In MTTs, there's a lot of spots to redline, but your hopes are that you you like you went all in. redline two or three significant pots a day, right? And then either you can fade all ins, or you have to win them. Yeah, you have to right. Or you just cooler someone and you blue line them, that's, right? Yeah. Well, or that's hoping just, that you're you picked. You hope to cooler yeah, someone yeah. in like a massive pot and yeah, you just show yeah, up. I mean. You play good poker, it's exhausting. you win some all-ins, you don't lose some all-ins, you go home and you feel good about the day. 
But if you want to go to the MTT arena and you want to feel like a winner, that's not the environment you go to. You don't go to MTTs to feel like a winner. You go to feel like a loser and have your head beaten. Yes. You go for the opportunity. You know that, that, like, there's an opportunity to win a lot, way more money than you're ever going to make in a cast session. So it's just like, I understand that I can win a ton of money. Yes. But what comes comes with that is the variance. Yes. Is that I'm gonna bust a lot. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play all day and then get it in as a flip and lose. I yeah. think a it's lot. Knowing... So just accept that that's gonna happen a lot and then you you don't feel so bad. That's you true. feel bad, but not as so bad when it happens. The tortoise is wide. I think right, it's just knowing how many you have to really play in order to like one. You only have to well. play one. <laughs> <laughs> it only they takes say, one. Yeah, that's the, right. That is what but they you say. have to play. Would you say about sixteen hundred tournaments? You have to play sixteen. Well, that's if you're winning at. A, <laughs> that's if you're playing and winning at like a seventy-five yeah, percent ROI. Is, oh, that's yeah. a that's big if you're ROI. like a great, a great tournament ROI. player. Yeah, yeah that's a big ROI. Longer. You have to play sixteen hundred to realize that. To break to be a winning player, like if you are in theory a 75 percent roi like let's say it was not arguable like that's just what it was yeah and you played 1600 events uh you would then realize that number right but there's obviously speculation into roi and like Mm -hmm. how much are you actually winning and that's kind of what makes poker what it is because you can't really concretely say in a live environment what your roi is you just say it's a big number a small number you can't quantify right i mean you could yeah but the secret is the only person that gets to win the tournament is somebody that entered the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like someone that didn't enter doesn't get to win. Yeah. Right. You also don't have to win, like, especially these, you know, these World Series events. You don't have to win the event to make a lot of money. That's true. Yeah. Right? right. Well, like, to find a lot. Yeah. <laughs> seventy seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> you win seventy thousand dollars and and not win it. Yeah. If that's <laughs> if that's your one tournament of the year, that's a pretty great score. No, I know. But, right. Right. But. You know what I'm saying. But it's we're like, going again. We're going back to Florida. I think it's the hourly part that gets me. It's mm. that, like, you can grind 16 hours and make, like, less than a buy-in. Yeah. Well, let's... Yeah, okay. yeah but, like, your average, your average time spent in a tournament is, like, four hours. Right. Yeah. It all depends on the hourly based off of... Because let's say you're playing the main, right? The main is a nine-day tournament or eight-day tournament, call it. Uh, on average you're probably going to play like two days of the main, right? No like you're not going to make it. You think you're going to play three, one day of the main? On average, yeah. Like on average, yeah. you, how many hours do you think you play in the main? Ten. On average? On, I mean, probably <laughs> like 10, yeah. 75% of the people make it through day one. So on average. Right, so most people make it through day one. So most people play more than 10 hours. About half the field. Yeah, but. Yeah, and then I'd say what, 30 Five percent of the field good makes it to day. Thirty yeah. percent. No, of the makes way it to less than that. They make the bubble like midday three, right? Right. Don't they make the bubble? Isn't the bubble midday three? You yeah. make yeah. the money. Always the like end of day end three. Of day three. Always the, like end. the last hand of day three. It's usually, it's it's usually you gotta get through half the field uh, on day three, whatever's remaining. So that's thirty percent. Last two years, it's definitely been the last hand of, of the day night. three. Right. So they like literally three. extended the night for it. Yeah. So, I mean, right. So if let's call it 20 hours because each day is 10 hours, right? So let's say Mm -hmm. on average, you make it two days. 15 to 20 hours. Sure. And then the main event is a $10,000 buy-in, right? Your hourly is pretty good. Yeah. So for higher buy-in events, and let's say you max late reg day one, right? There's ways to increase your hourly for tournaments that you play that you don't necessarily realize because the variance is higher. Because right. when you max, you might just lose. Yeah, I mean, you max at 75 big, so it's kind of like... Yeah, it's a little different a in lot, this spot. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyways, there's a lot of losing that happens in tournaments. And once you accept that you're a loser, you can then start being yeah. a winner. Every tournament mm -hmm. player is mostly a loser. Correct. The best tournament players win, win like the best 15 to 20% of the sessions. The best are mostly losers. Yeah. Yes. But when they win, they win big. Right. I want to win big. The swings, in, <laughs> the, I mean, the swings in tournaments are just crazy. Yeah, There's like swings in cash games too, of course, but yeah. it just feels way more like get, getting your head beat in when you're yeah. playing only tournaments. Yeah. Enough times you hit your head against the wall, you're gonna break the wall. Right. And when you break the wall, you're a big winner. Yeah. Then you do you get to the point where you don't care anymore because you actually have brain damage you're right. from ramming you, your head you into the wall. You get a scrambled brain, and that's but, when you win because yep. you don't care anymore and your brain is so damaged. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you actually lose. It sounds that you lose physically and emotionally and spiritually, but your your bank account wins. Your bank account wins. So it's a trade off. I know. I MTTs love tournaments. MTTs are the best thing in the world. Stop being an MTT. That's hater. what gambling addicts say. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what everyone is. The best things in the world. They've developed a format where they've fixed the amount that I can lose. This is great. Right. It's fucking great. Except then I lose it over and over and over <laughs> and over again. And sometimes you min cash, which gives you hope. Right. And then sometimes you deep run and then you lose a flip and it gives you more hope. Right. But and then, then you're, you're back to losing. You know, and then you're losing and losing and losing. Yep. The trauma of being all in as much as you are in MTTs. Oh my god, it's really fun. like upsetting. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know how hard it is to be all in prior to the river in a cash game? It's hard, yeah. It's so fucking hard. It's like, that's why everybody gets terrified when they get four bet pre. It's right. like, oh my god, the money might go in. Yeah. What, what the fuck and does this guy I, think he has? Yeah, and then I might just be over. Aces, that's what he has. Yeah, probably. Two that's of them. Horrifying. Uh, speaking of winning, Dan are Zach, we are we, oh, congratulations. He, he did Player it. Of the year. Player of the year. Hooray. Very, very underwhelming Player of the Year race this year. Uh, yeah. It seemed like he had run away with it. Not early, but like... Halfway through. Well, usually yeah. d Negs is in there, like, you know, kind of talking about it a lot. d Negs, Deeb, they were kind of all in the distant. Deeb got like third? I don't fourth. know. He was close, actually. He was closer than you think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can check the player of the year. I mean, points. it seemed like there wasn't a lot of sweats towards the end. Maybe it's just because nobody who was close uh, got deep in anything. But um, it seemed like right around the main event, Danzak was a massive, massive favorite to win the player of the year. So congratulations to him. It seems like it was something that was high on his list of things to accomplish. Very established mixed game player. Good at all the games. Good at no limit as well. Um, found himself in, I think, most if not all of the high rollers last minute. Put on quite a show. Uh, happy for him. He's, he's a good player, good kid. The very different representation of the player of the year than we've seen the last <laughs> handful. Like, I don't think anybody looks at Dan Zach and thinks of traditional mixed game guy. He's more of like traditional sim guy. And... Uh, I don't know, man. We might be in for a new wave. I said this in the car over today. I think that the main event gets won by an elite player a lot over the next decade. Yeah. yeah so there's player of the year points. Dan Zach, number one. Daniel Weinman, number two. Summer of Dan. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Corey, yeah, Al is. Corey Aldemir, main event champion. Third in the player of the year race. Makes sense. And fourth is Sean Deeb. Yeah, I don't think Deeb was very close. He was 1,500 points back. That's, uh, that ain't that close, homie. Mm -mm. Hard to get 1,500 really points. the summer of Dan. Summer of Dan was real. Dan yeah, had Dan first bracelet, 25K heads up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, a lot of Dan. A lot of high rollers in that list. Yeah. Obviously, you know, things really changed this year uh, with the addition of more high rollers. 
it really does lessen the the likelihood i guess of uh of a mixed game player winning this all the time i'm not sure what the plan will be moving forward on the schedule like if they're going to continue uh this sort of high roller echelon or not but uh if they do those guys are going to be massive favorites every year more tortoise events so i have a chance what would you like if you could design an event based on like your tortoise-ness, uh, what would it be? Start with thousand big blinds, uh, three-hour levels. <laughs> okay, all right. It was so the marathon. this is a two-week-long event. Yeah, and then there's no river. You just turn your cards <laughs> over. <laughs> there's no you river. See you agree to check that. Yeah. You agree to check check the river every time. It's a gentleman's agreement. There's right. only flop yeah, and right. turn play. Exactly. Okay. Turn play. Yeah, the river's game. always checked down. Turn right. play's dangerous. Two street game. What's the buy-in? Uh, 50 cents. 50 cents. <laughs> 50 cents. Three hour levels. Only flop and turns. 1,000 big blinds deep. But the difference is you can only register at the start of the tournament. Oh, yeah. Wow. No yeah. max yeah. late register. There's no max no. late register. So late, late register is about like 15 minute window. Yeah. Also, they no, agree. No, no. Le- oh. If it starts at noon, you're going to be there at 11.30. You're there at 11.55, you're, yeah. 11. right. you're out. Exactly. And it oh. doesn't start at noon. It starts at 8 a.m. Oh. <laughs> now, that's gambling. Also, there's no winner. They just all agree to chop the second they yeah, make they the money. Yeah, they chop like 150 <laughs> ways. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. chip counts. It doesn't matter chip stacks. Everyone gets Even the same chop. amount. Keep Even it clean. Chop. Yeah, keep it clean. And everyone gets together wow. in a group hug and wow. says, good is job it, today, is guys. Is it a freeze oh. out? Of course. of course. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can't rebuy. No, no. You don't get to rebuy. There's no late entry. How could you rebuy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. True. <laughs> wow. This is. Yeah. You can come back you tomorrow for flight two at 8 a.m. All yeah. right. You got it, Jack. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you just get like a gold tortoise card protector yes. as your prize. Yes. Oh, imagine that a golden tortoise. A, a golden winner. tortoise. <laughs> wow. We That'd should get him a golden amazing. tortoise. I'm, I would I'm love to put it. Berkey in this event and just see him. Oh, the, <laughs> that would be a punishment <laughs> for any. He'd rather dress up. I'm gonna, I'll sure. take you in the tortoise, the grand tortoise hurts event. So Thank much you. just thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna play a fifty cent dollar, a fifty cent dollar, fifty cent uh, buy-in for three hours, and you have to try. You just about find a way to cross book at like X thousand percent. <laughs> You'll make it reasonable, you know. Yeah. yeah so when you all get even chops, you actually get a lot of money. Makes perfect sense. I yeah. would be all in in the first orbit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand big blinds. Hey, you're, you're not allowed to go in all in pre-flop. <laughs> you're not allowed to go, are, you, are you allowed to bluff? Aces only. Aces only. You're Pot limit pre-flop. No check raising. Yeah. Pot limit pre-flop. No check no raising. Right. No bluffing. Yeah. If you get Bluff aces, you have to immediately turn them over. Right. Like, <laughs> you raise, and when everyone folds, you show them to to show yeah. that you have. It. I love that on this. Every, uh, I'm sorry, there's a few casinos around town and other places I've seen. The sign says check raising is permitted. Yeah, yeah I know. Back, it in, used back to be in the illegal. day, it used to be uh, bad, bad etiquette. Yeah. yeah. They would cut your toes <laughs> off Imagine for that. it. Imagine like a, yeah. a very Only big cowards part check of the raise. game. It's like not allowed. No, you got to bet your own hand. Yeah, you <laughs> Honest, wow. If what I had a to game. bet my own hand, what a my game that entire be. strategy would be a lot different. Like what? It, what made them put it on a plaque on a wall? Like, was because wasn't in a lot of home games, it was it was frowned upon. It was just uh-huh. starting fights and stuff. I'm yeah. sure people thought it was like against wow. the rules. Being in position is the biggest scam in that game in the world. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't get check raised. All right, I'm just gonna bomb every street and see what you do. Jeez. Leave it to the solver, guys. Must be nice. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. someone's got to find a way to win, man. All right, let's end on uh, what should be a crowning achievement for the poker community, yeah. but turned into a bit of a hit piece black eye. 
Elon Musk entrusted $5.7 billion to a Russian pothead oh, poker player. <laughs> Why are they doing uh, what the fuck it headline? Leave it to the New York Post to the just, New York Post, yeah. Did Doug Polk come up with that headline? Oh, like, man. what the fuck? <laughs> that was a Doug headline. That was bad. Uh, that is a Doug so this was actually in the New York Times first. Was it? Yeah, the was, Times was that actually. Headline? I don't know what the headline no. was. You can't read it because I think it's it was behind a paywall. Pushed originally by the Wall Street Journal. What did I say? New York New York Times. Yeah, you said Uh You might be right. This is the post. No, this is the post, but they republished it. It was initially published by either Wall Street Journal or What was the original headline? I don't know. Because it's behind a paywall. Sensationalist. You can't read it, it's behind a paywall. Oh man, I hate that. It just pops up. Would you like to pay five dollars for the year or something like that? No, I want to read this one goddamn article. I'll never pay. Uh the the meat and potatoes of this article. Okay, it was yeah. Wall Street Journal. The meat and potatoes of this uh, article, which, again, should highlight like, how impressive the poker community and Igor in and of himself actually is. Yeah, he's, he's so good. I mean, <laughs> he's so good at poker. Well, it's not even that he's good at poker. He's just good at life. Like, he's good at life. Uh, he's so good at life. He and Liv were a big part of the Reg Charity and you know, helped develop uh, this, this idea of uh, effective altruism. I mean, they didn't help develop the idea of altruism, but they, they helped develop uh, this notion of philanthropy around altruism um, and befriended Elon Musk. That's a hard fucking thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not everybody just has the ability to, to work into Elon Musk's inner circle. Um, I don't know the status of the relationship. I haven't, I haven't talked to Igor or Liv in a while, but uh, according to this article, it seems like they had a bit of a falling out based upon Elon's money manager who wasn't a fan. And, you know, why would he be whenever the guy who he is working for and or, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know how money managers work, man. What's their incentive? It has to be to get a piece of the money, right? You would think. So it's like when this guy says, hey, allocate $6 billion to this man so he can lead the charge on philanthropy, there's probably some eyebrows being raised by the guy who's like, well, actually, I would like $6 billion <laughs> instead. Yeah. And let me do a little something-something with it. Um, $6 billion is a lot in MTTs. It's a lot of MTTs. <laughs> a lot of MTT buy-ins. The, the article's obviously a hit piece. Like, if the title itself doesn't give that away, right. uh, a lot of the, the rhetoric within kind of just... I don't know, like, it says, it, it implies that he's a gambling addict, which is obviously insane. This guy is the top of his profession. Yeah. Uh, it implies that, like, he's a self-admitted marijuana user. Oh, come on. Yeah. Like, come on, it's 2022. This is literally written by an 80-year-old. Right, like, are we doing this right now? Like, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, now, old man. Think about the people that read, read, the, the, New, read yeah. the New York Post. I yeah. mean, it's just like, you know. No one reads newspapers. Bonus Bob reads the New York Post. Sure. They have to find yeah. a way to get people to read the New York Post by using this egregious, down, bad, horrendous article no slash headline to try to get you to read it. I would definitely pick up the newspaper if I was walking the streets of New York City and saw it, that headline. And you saw that picture. <laughs> I'm surprised. So it sounds like they're doing, they're doing something. R- <laughs> they did something right there. <laughs> I'm surprised, uh, Bob, for you, you don't know, it's uh, <clears throat> my, uh, my girlfriend's mother's husband. Uh, <laughs> He loves the post. When he moved out here, he was like, I, I need to like find a place that like sells the post. He doesn't want to go online and read. Like he wants the actual right. paper. Right. Like I'm surprised I haven't got like a, 
like a, a picture from his phone from the actual paper of this article. He sounds like a fellow tortoise. Pothead poker player. Well, it's funny Pothead because people outside player. of poker, they really do think that like top poker players are just like gambling addicts. Yeah. Which yeah, maybe which is... they are to a degree, but not in the way that they think they are. No. And it's, I noticed this when... I'd like, to, I'd like to think of them as risk managers. Risk managers. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. You can use whatever fun words well, so we want. So like Kobe... Uh, the crypto guy retweeted Espen's win and was yeah. talking about how he lost a bunch on Luna and then mm -hmm. and every all the comments were like you, like you're when you're a gambling addict the next win is always around the corner like shit like that and it's just like <laughs> they, they just like don't get it yeah like, this, like, think... he's not like the face of a gambling addict <laughs> right, right, right. Like, well it's easy to it's easy to conflate the narrative of uh Losing a lot, like chasing windfalls addict. through gambling yeah. mechanisms versus taking calculated risks and failing. Right. Right. So it's just like, you know, a lot of people lost money in the market. Yeah. Are you are you out there ripping apart the the tra day traders saying right. like you're a fucking addict? Yeah. yeah. I like bet they, there's a lot of them that have bigger gambling addictions. Oh, hundred percent. They're doing like a hundred x leverage on shit coins. Yeah. Like they're absolutely gambling <laughs> yeah. addicts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't lose money in Luna because like he's a he's a lunatic trading it right. with leverage. Like, he just had his money stored there and collapsed. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in like it's a matter of hours. Kind of thing that happened. Like yeah. nobody saw that. Well, some people saw it coming, but yeah. but yeah, I I mean, I think that it's you know the article hit piece aside. I think that it's encouraging to see some. Well, I hate to call it positive, but at least acknowledgement that the poker community does have this overlap with big tech and the ability to get beyond the four walls of just playing a game for a living like mm -hmm. this to me is very impressive right like this guy who basically carved out a career in the poker industry as just a good solid professional found a way to not just get beyond the profession of poker and into philanthropy but go so far as to network up the ranks to the richest man in the world. That's a, that's a big achievement. Yeah. And uh, it's impossible to ignore the, the correlation uh, that poker played in that role or the role that poker played in, in that path, right? Yeah. Like there's just no way, I, I'm not saying that Igor wouldn't have landed on his feet and been wildly successful no matter what he chose to do. Of course he very likely would have, but there's just no way that he, he the end goal is him brushing elbows with Musk right. and potentially being in charge of $6 billion yeah. uh, to, to give to philanthropy if poker hadn't been a part of his past. Yeah. Because like he's not, he doesn't have a background in finance. He doesn't have a background in like money management or, or all of these things that tend to go hand in hand with being the head of a charity or the head of a, an organization uh, or, or being in charge of that much capital. So where then is the trust coming from? And it's obviously his ability to make key decisions yeah. when like just under pressure, ability. taking on risk. So. Yeah, just like the way that he thinks. And yeah. The way that he knows yeah, how being probabilistic work. Yeah. and risk management and bankroll management and networking. And like, there's all these skills that you can sharpen through poker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope to see more of this come to light. I think that there's been a lot of very successful transitions out and we don't really do a lot to highlight them because most of them are probably just in the finance sphere. Ah, uh, it's just like people that were in poker did really well and then transitioned out. Or a lot of them become kind of like investors. Yeah, they just transition yeah, into you know. trading or crypto or 
you know the the market itself yeah, it's like startup mix of everything yeah. yeah yeah you know dan o'brien right <laughs> I do know Dan O'Brien, yeah. yeah. Uh, the audience knows Dan O'Brien pretty well as well. Oh, well so, yeah. He's a successful transfer out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like it's hard to highlight those Very because uh, I think that the, the public perception of the poker community and the finance community aren't that far apart. Yeah. You know, it's Especially not like, crypto. Yeah, for sure. Crypto is like the bridge between the two. People are just like, oh, they're degens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is like sort of true, but it's about being a calculated. Irresponsible right. degen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be a responsible degenerate. But I guess the, you can't be irresponsible, right? Because degenerate means you're effectively irresponsible. Essentially, if we're being <laughs> pedantic over the meaning. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there will be more stories to highlight. I think that we will see like su- successful startups come out of the poker space. I think we'll see... Um, especially as, as younger players get successful faster, like I think your generation is more likely to transition off of poker by the time they're 30 and do what anything like you just develop so many skills. There's also, there's the barrier to entry to like different careers is so low and it will probably continue to go lower that like you could just transition into like making content or like, it's just like, there's so much shit that you could do. Like from poker the internet have, well oftentimes you you're able funds. to just like circumvent the barrier of entry right so it's like yeah. for people out there that have like uh call it a computer science degree that want to be programmers they need to be recruited they need to go through a vetting process they need to do all this stuff and they need to be competitive right because yeah. there's a market out there but if you have a computer science background and you program relatively well and you're in the poker industry it's like you could reply to a tweet that perkins puts out yeah right or you could just like know uh a yeah. bunch of higher ups in silicon right. valley by playing cash games with them yeah poker is very small yeah so it's like, like you get you, to brush elbows with like people that other people don't they're just grinding the ladder and right. you're just like playing a game with the person who yes. could hire yeah, you, you, you also get to lose bets to those people too. there's a lot of opportunity to <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity to kind of like quote unquote ladder up yeah simply through proper networking skills right uh, so yeah, I, I would imagine that as the the community continues to mature, we're going to start seeing more and more like yeah. shining stars similar to Igor that are just able to get beyond these four walls and yeah. find themselves in deeper waters that we couldn't really imagine. Yeah, and it's know? not even like when it comes to like I guess building network and meeting new people or whatever. Like it's not a malicious act. It's not like, in the sense of like oh like you meet new people, you talk to people, and effectively ladder. Like it's not a negative thing. It like sometimes maybe is used for that, this, that, or whatever, but sometimes it works out. And, like you meet some cool people and you get some good opportunities just by being a good person. I know, <laughs> shocker. It happens sometimes. Rare. The rare occurrence. We met through Twitter. We did meet through Twitter. And you wish you didn't. <laughs> we met through Twitter. We met through Twitter. No, we met because you beat me heads up. Well, yeah, but then you, you I messaged me. I said, oh, good game. Like, you know, I was nice. I was wholesome. Yeah, you were nice. Wholesome. I was not happy about losing, but what can you do? 10 to 1. 10 to 1 chip lead. Chip Very leads are hard to beat. <laughs> you almost did. You, you actually almost did. I sucked out, I think, for the win. You did. Yeah. yeah. See? Winning is possible. It Two, is possible. I really couldn't lose an all-in. See? Just have to do that for three days in a lot of events. <laughs> right, yeah. Three or the days. main event. You never look back. It's a lot easier to do it for, you know, like an hour yeah. than it is for like three days. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Some hours in like playing online are so good. That was just it. Run I, pure. I had eight big blinds up until like final two tables and I just won every all in. Yep. It was very skillful. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. an amazing feeling. Man. 
I miss those uh, days. I yeah, I remember I had one big uh, final two tables, or like Justin squeaked into the money in a one k online, and I had like one and a half bigs after the the bubble bursted, and I got second for like thirty k. <laughs> it was pretty dumb. It's like oh okay, I'm just gonna sit here and win every all in that I need to win until I didn't. But yeah. Sometimes you get to win all ins. That's been only bagged the third of a starting stack. I know. Yeah, last How and then the year before, that? year before, Corey bagged like twenty seven k, twenty nine k or something like half Aston starting. bagged like a third of a starting stack, and then the day two he bagged like four hundred k. Yeah. So he yeah. just had an insane. He had a and good day too. I remember there was a hand that he's wrote where he had set over set like they had set over set him, but then he got quads on the river, so he was drawing Oof. to one out. Woof. Yeah. Gotta win, those, to pick you. Yeah. gotta win those one-outers. And then on the river, they got it all in, and he realized that he had been drawing to one-out. Yeah, and that could have been his tournament. Right. He probably, it probably is. He's a set. Any yeah. other river. Yeah. <laughs> People from Northern Europe don't fold sets. I would know. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of the tournament. We'll see you later. Oh, quads? Okay, I guess I'm going to win the tournament now. Yeah. Good feeling. All right. You don't I don't feel well. Feeling. I got to get Anyway, real quick. I got, oh, a, no. I got a quick message okay. oh. from the Council of Dan. Yeah. Vice Chairman Dan Smith wants to lay 18 to 1. Like he wants to give you 2K to win 36 that Ooh. I win a bracelet next year. Ooh. No. What? Wait, why? He just wanted, he wanted, me, he wanted me to ask you. So Wait, I'm asking you. I get the 36K? No. He, he wants to bet you that on his 2K to win 36. What the 36. fuck is wrong? Why what? do people do this? What is Landon that? says... I think I think I'm 12 to one to win a bracelet. If I was playing high rollers, I'm not. And I said, "Snap, I'll take it." And now all of a sudden, they're negotiating. This is why. This is why you need a goddamn masterclass in negotiation. <laughs> all right, look, I was on the sharp side. I, I know you're not you. 12 to one. I was offering you 12 to one. Now Dan's trying to come in and snatch up the action and say like, "I'll give him 18 to one." No high rollers, I don't think. <laughs> is that Dan's impression? Like, yeah. <laughs> Fucking pickleball Dan. He thinks he's so goddamn smart. Like, <laughs> 18 to one's a fair price. Like, pickleball. I don't want to bet against my friend at a fair price. You kind of do. No, I want to bet against you at 12 to one. <laughs> That's fair. You want to bet you find an unfair price. Yes, right. I want the unfair. 15. Like, if I'm going to root against you, I want to get paid properly for it. Like, okay, Pickleball Dan, you got 12 <laughs> to 1 on Landon next year if you want it. That's it. Final offer. I feel like there's going to be more than a final offer here. No, that's a fine. I'm not going to negotiate backwards. I don't want... I, first of all, I'm almost certain to be buying your action next summer. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> do not want to root against you winning a, a bracelet. That way, when I win, you win. I was just trying to prove a point to you that your 12 to 1 is another terrible fucking line that you've set. And that I'll be happy to be the <laughs> one to recoup the benefits rather than Perkins, who's already goddamn rich. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Give me the 10K. <laughs> what if you got 10K at 18 to 1? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I don't think that's a bad price. Also, this is not, you should not be negotiating or having this. You're so bad at this. You're so bad at this because I'm now locking you in at 18 to 1. Matter of fact, you're going to be lucky to get 18 to 1 next year because but we're having this conversation. I don't want any bracelet bets personally. Prior to this talk, you probably could have gotten 20 to 1. I don't want to take any bets personally. Because I want to focus on okay. not worrying about that. That's great for you. I never want to play a bracelet event again. So if anybody <laughs> wants to give me 25 to 1 that I'll win a bracelet next year, DMs are open. Yeah, you might as well give them 30 to 1. 
Yeah, give me give me infinite to one. I'm drawing so goddamn dead. I can't even explain to you guys. You all know I'm drawing dead. I know I'm drawing dead. Just give me a reason to show up again next summer, lose a hundred thousand, and pay you whatever said amount we've bet at, you know, twenty-five to one. You know, you gotta start preparing for next there. year today. That's right. I gotta start the negotiations. I mean now. it's only ten months. Oh, how many days, Conrad? Oh, um three hundred and forty-nine. <laughs> okay. Well, on that, I'm gonna take a nap. And try to get one day closer to that 349. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. I thought you don't tomorrow. want to play anymore. Huh? I thought you don't want to play anymore. Someone's going to give me the bet. Okay. <laughs> Someone's going to do it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Noonish again. Uh, I'll be in better spirits. I just feel like absolute hot garbage today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I uh, appreciate you as always. Give us a like, a subscribe, a comment below. Uh, and apologies for, for running it a little short today. We'll see you then. Uh, peace. Later.